have never even spoken of it. Not even with my brothers who were with me on that day. You can ask them. Elhaji Hassan looks like he could break down in tears at any moment. His daughter, Maimona A. Hassan, had died shortly after being abducted. About five of the 115 Dutchie girls that were abducted on the afternoon of February 19, 2018, had died while being conveyed to the forests where they would be kept. There had been no mention of their identities, but Alhaji Hassan knew Maimuna was one of them. This is Vestiges of Violence, a weekly podcast about personal stories of violence victims. For Human Angle, I am Hamida. At 12.39pm that day, Alhaji Adamu's phone rang with news that would change life as he knew it. It was a distress call from a town nearby and the man on the other end of the phone line told him that Boko Haram terrorists had been sighted in several trucks and were rumoured to be on their way to the Government Girls Science and Technical College, Dabchi, where his daughter was a boarding school student. He and his family were not residents of Debchi. They lived in Jumbam, a town just five kilometres away. There had never been an abduction like that in Debchi before. In fact, the small town, 100 kilometres away from the state capital, Damaturu, had been relatively safe, even in those days of unending attacks in neighbouring Borno. However, Alhaji Adamu knew about the Chibok girl's abduction, and so he was aware of the possible implications of that news. I called the local government chairman of Dabchi and told him, I said, they are saying these people are drawing nearer to Dabchifa. And he said he knew that, wallahi, he had heard the news too, and that he had called the commander in Gaidam and informed him as well. Ten minutes later, I called him again. I said, People are saying these people have passed Galimbo. He said again that he had informed the commander. Before 6 p.m., they had abducted these children and loaded them onto their trucks like livestock. Our children were wailing and we could hear them from the distance. Because they passed through the back of this town, we heard them as they were wailing. The Dabchi girls had been in the habit of fasting on Mondays and Thursdays, as are many Muslims. They were abducted on a Monday, and so they had been fasting. The girls had not had the chance to break their fast when the attack occurred. In addition to the lack of food and extreme thirst, they also trampled on each other and painfully congested the trucks brought by the terrorists. These conditions led to the deterioration of the girls' health. When Aisha was still alive, Whenever she did something bad and I threatened to punish her, she would be filled with so much fear that she would not even sleep at home. She would run away to her auntie's house. Imagine that kind of person being subjected to all that trauma, the gunshots and the stampede. I knew she would not be able to survive it. Finally, on Wednesday, March 21st, 2018, while Alhaji Adamu was on his way to the Maturu, 
the deputy local government chairman phoned him to say the children were on their way back, escorted by the terrorists themselves. Adamu drove like a madman down to Dabchi. He made it there in time to see the terrorists offloading the children from their trucks. He watched as they posed with the children and held dangerous weapons to scare off onlookers. And then they left. It was from there as he searched frantically for Aisha in the crowd but did not see her that he knew for sure that she had died. Her friends would later confirm it to him. Haji Hassan, on the other hand, arrived home from a nearby village to news that the children had returned. He remembers entering his compound, swamped with people who were mourners. I wanted someone to attempt to talk to me so that I would get to cry. I wanted something to happen to cause me physical pain. I just badly wanted an outlet for the intense grief that was consuming me at that moment. But Allah did not will it to happen. Maimuna did not die alone. She died holding onto her sister's hand. I held onto her hand and she held onto mine. I was stronger because I was not fasting. She was fasting. She had even performed ablution to pray, and I had set her dinner for her to break her fast within the dormitory. We were just waiting for the call to prayer so she could eat. And that was when the attack happened. Even when they were loading us onto the truck, we were holding hands. This is an episode of Vestiges of Violence. This story was scripted by Zubaydah Baba Ibrahim, reported and edited by Hawa Shafinuhu, produced by Atahi Rujibrin. A quick note about our voice acting. All dramatizations in this episode are based on actual interviews conducted with these subjects. Voice acting by Isaac Oritogun, Akila Jibrin, and Hawa Booker. Senior producer is Anthony Asamuta. The executive producer is Ahmed Selkida. For more stories, go to humananglemedia.com and find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts. I am... I meet up.